Welcome back to your August edition of Slimming Stories. If you're listening to this episode today, you'll be hearing one of my many guests I've had the pleasure of interviewing on the show so far. I'll be here throughout the month of August with seven podcast episodes that will really help you to see what's truly possible when you commit to achieving your goals. And throughout August, I'll be busy interviewing new guests all set to end the year on a high. And I just want to say a big thank you for those who have taken the time to offer feedback on the Enchanted Forest in the therapy download. I'm really pleased to hear that it's really helped you to feel relaxed and calm and that was always my intention. And I'm really passionate about my new hypnotherapy and coaching business and it's been a really, really busy time for me and I guess exciting too. And I'm now working with clients in America and the UK and seeing change work for clients is such, honestly, it's such a great feeling and I could literally talk about it all day, which made me think that this could have the makings of a new podcast. So I will be test driving a new podcast that doesn't even have a name yet. That's how new it is. And so this won't be available yet to listen to on iTunes or Spotify. You will need to be on my email subscription list to hear this. And what I really want to do is just demystify hypnotherapy because this really can help complement a weight loss journey and fitness journey. There's so many health benefits when listening to hypnotherapy that can bring about motivation, change work and whether that's because you're looking to run a marathon or be focused on your goal or whether you're just looking to to quit smoking to benefit your health. And for any listeners that suffer with anxiety, honestly with all of the work that I've done with clients that do suffer with anxiety, hypnotherapy is simply life-changing and I'll be talking about that more on the new podcast episodes And all you need to do to be part of this is simply click on the link in the show notes and this will take you straight over to sign up for my new email list. And in return, you'll receive the Enchanted Forest download for free so you can experience it for yourself. So whatever you're doing over the summer holiday, I'm really wishing you the best time. Really looking forward to September when there'll be some brand spanking new podcast episodes for Slimming Stories. So send him my love, stay safe and until then, take care. If you really focus on the things that you feel grateful for, it's massively transformative. And I think we're very focused on the next thing and the next thing, you know, the the next target, the next stone down, the next certificate, the next Botox, lip filler, size eight jeans, whatever it is. We're focused on the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And we don't think about what's happening now. How do I feel today? How do I feel right now in myself? Am I happy? Have I done my best today to do something good for the world, to be a good friend, be a good mum, be whatever it is in your life? Can I go to bed tonight and think, I've done my best today and I'm going to bed happy? And there, there ain't no amount of size eight jeans that's going to make you go to sleep at night feeling truly happy in yourself. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Swimming Stories. I'm your host Claire Oldham West. So how are you? How has your weekend been? Is everything okay with you? Are you kind of getting back into normality now that lockdown seems to be lifting? Still not quite sure why because it seems that there are a lot of people that are still very ill 
and the R rate that you know they keep speaking about doesn't seem to have moved dramatically. Um, but I know public transport is a bit of a challenge for some people. And as of the 15th of this month, our local shopping centre will be lifting its restrictions. But to be honest, I'm just in a kind of mindset where I just think, you know, I understand the risk and I will probably still be keeping away and just trying to do as much shopping as I can online apart from the food shopping. So this week's episode is part two of Hayley Grocock's Slimming Story. Part one was published last week and this is the second episode. Now Hayley and I go into great detail about a conversation around mental health and how having a healthy diet and exercise plan can really really help you when you struggle and how having underlying issues regarding mental health before you start a a slimming journey can bring its own challenges and if anybody has listened to this episode thinking okay you've just described me to a T I suffer with depression I suffer with anxiety then I really do think this episode will be for you I don't see at the moment people going into detail about how they can manage weight loss when they suffer with anxiety or how they can manage weight loss when they suffer with depression and what they need to do and what helps. I don't really see that conversation and I'm really pleased that Hayley's given a time and we're going to great detail about this. Now if you're looking to hear an inspirational story that's really bright and bubbly, very breezy, very happy clappy if that's a word is that even a word is that even a thing probably not <laughs> this may not be the episode for you for those that know a little bit about me and I'm not sure if I've mentioned before but I'm a qualified counselling psychotherapist so we do go quite deep on this this isn't a counselling session but we do discuss the deep depths should we say of mental health so is introducing Hayley Grocock and part two of Earth's Living Story I set my target back where the dietitian had told me years ago I should be and so I started following Slimming World and I've been a Slimming World member ever since. I have moved areas and moved groups and at the moment I'm an online member. I'd been an online member for quite a while before the restrictions came into place about groups and things so I've been an online member for quite a long time now. I reached my target 18 months, two years ago, and maintained my weight really well during the sort of next few months. And along the way, I'd won Woman of the Year and Miss Slinky and Greatest Loser and stuff. And I was like, you know, I love the Slimming World plan and how it works for people. And there are so many reasons why Slimming World is a really good plan for a lot of people. Absolutely. Um, Can I just ask... From somebody that knows very little about the the gastric, is it called gastric bypass? What is the actual yes. Yes. So the gastric bypass? So my understanding with the gastric bypass is that your stomach is reduced to a size where you would feel full on yes. the size of the reduced stomach. So yes. having gone through that procedure... And having lost the weight and obviously you've had you've had your son and then you, you regain the weight. Can you just talk through how that happens, that you've had the, the stomach reduction and then you've then been able to gain weight? So for listeners 
that maybe have thought about the gastric band as being kind of the golden, you know, the golden charm. And this is what they can do if, if for whatever reason they can't get into the headspace of, of going to a, a slimming group because not quite understanding how this works. I don't understand how you've been able to put that weight on if you've had this surgery to restrict the, the size of your stomach. Um, and I think it's important that anybody listening to this that is toying with the idea of a gastric band, that they get the full picture. And this is mm-hmm. what I love about this podcast is that we see lots of glossy images in magazines and that people lose the weight and then it's almost like, you know, the sprouting unicorns and, and rainbows. But let, mm-hmm. let's get to the nitty gritty of, of the reality of, of a gastric band and, and how, how that process was for you, first of all, and also mm-hmm. how you felt that for whatever reason you wasn't able to, to maintain that, that weight that that dietitian had, had recommended for you. Okay, so there's a couple of distinctions to make, first of all. So the gastric band is completely different from a gastric bypass. So a gastric band is a small device that's fitted around your stomach and it's filled with saline solution to make it tighter or looser, and that restricts the amount that you can actually eat in terms of solid food. Now, people eat round that by drinking six pints of milkshake a day and things like this. That's the gastric band. Mm. The procedure that I had is a gastric bypass operation. And that procedure, you're absolutely right in what you say, that um, it reduces the size of your stomach. So um, they put staples into your stomach to um, section off uh, a pouch of your stomach that becomes your usable stomach, if you like. What they also do is they bypass about a meter and a half of your intestine. And that is where calories get absorbed and where nutrients and what have you get absorbed so they bypass a section of your intestine they essentially close off a section of your stomach and then they connect you back up again that's how uh, the science part of it works so Mm. when you when you first um when you first have the surgery and for a long time after i had to I could only eat very soft food I could hardly tolerate meat at all and I would eat my meals off a child's plate because I I couldn't manage I physically couldn't fit the food in Mm. so like for example if you think about the size of a uh, like a ready meal lasagna for one person I would maybe in the beginning, I might divide that into three and I'd have that for three dinners. That, that's how little I could eat. Wow. The reason why gastric surgery is amazing is because it does things to you physiologically that mean that you lose weight and it's very difficult for, for you to overeat or to eat, the ba- the, eat bad things. So... One of the very common side effects of gastric bypass surgery is that your body is not as able to absorb certain vitamins and nutrients um, as Mm -hmm. it once was. So I have to have 
supplements and I have to have a vitamin B12 injection every three months because my body can't absorb it anymore right or can't absorb it in the same way as someone who hasn't had the surgery can another side effect is that if you eat very rich food your body will reject it so and it's called dumping syndrome so in that first I don't know how long after surgery like maybe even as long as two as two years perhaps if you put a piece of chocolate cake in front of me with like a bit of chocolate icing on the top like I might be able to eat a tiny nibble of it but if I had any more of that I'd get a headache and sometimes be sick. So can you just explain why your body rejects that food when you've restricted the mass of your stomach so how does your body know to reject that kind of food? This this might sound like a really simple question, but I'm just trying to to understand why you, how your body would know the difference between a rich food and and something or high sugar than something that's maybe like a meat or a, a protein or a, a carb, for example. I don't know exactly how it works, but I think it's probably to do with like density of calories and things like that. So, like you say, something that's very very sugary very fatty my body just couldn't tolerate it and I think it's probably because of that absorption because the food isn't traveling such a long distance in order to Mm. be absorbed it's kind of going straight in your system goes oh no that's too much and rejects Mm. it it dumping syndrome doesn't happen for all people and it doesn't happen in the same way for all people it doesn't happen to all people with the same foods but Typically, with high fat, high sugar foods, dumping syndrome will occur certainly in the first few years after right. surgery. So that's how it works from a kind of biological point of view, if you like. But the body is very clever. And so what the body does is the body learns, it relearns what you've taken away from it. So right. it relearns after a period of time to tolerate those kind of foods again. And the section of your stomach that has been portioned off can stretch over time. And so from that point of view, if you, like for me, even now, so I'm more than 10 years post-surgery, size of portions that I can eat is still much smaller than most people that I would sit and eat with. Hmm. I am not very good with very carby foods. So like if I'm having pasta or rice, I would have much less than a kind of normal adult portion. Yeah. Uh, things like bread. So when I when I first had my surgery, I couldn't eat bread at all, probably for about three years. I can eat bread now, but I can't eat a lot of bread. It's too much. It It bloats me up and it fills me up. But... Once you have been a few years post-surgery, if you start eating highly calorific foods again, your body has started to relearn how to absorb those calories and how to tolerate those foods again. That's why, for me, the period when I was on maternity leave with my son, when we were eating ready meals and not making such good choices, and when things like evening wine time starts to creep in at that point that that was happening it kind of coincided with the point at which my body was relearning 
all of the right. stuff that it's the worst possible time that this, this could yeah. have happened I guess yeah however you know I lost about eight and a half stone post-surgery mm. the weight that I put back on is less than half of that yeah so in terms of even if I'd only lost that initial four and a half stone after my surgery that still would have been considered a win because it would have taken me from a kind of dangerously obese category down into a healthier category and unless I was going to eat very calorific foods all the time which I don't think my body would tolerate anyway I think it would be very difficult for me to go back to where I was if you see what I mean I don't think I would ever get back to where I was but what was becoming apparent was that my eating habits and the behaviors that I was allowing to creep in during that period plus the fact that my my body was was starting to relearn what it had done previously prior to the surgery what that did for me was it indicated that I needed to I needed to get my eating and my habits back under control because otherwise I wasn't going to get back to where I was when I lost all of the weight at the beginning and so what Slimming World did for me was to give me that structure and an eating plan to be able to break those bad habits that I'd let creep in and that was kind of what I needed at that time I think especially with my mental health having been so poor after my son was born I kind of needed that that structure to give me some control back if that makes sense absolutely I think I know there are some people that go to group and then they're just away and some people feel that that is enough to to keep them on track but then my consultant will always say I've never uh, never got anybody to target by just paying and weighing now mm. with this lapse of time of of not going to to group and I'm sure there's people around the world that, that are the same I know with obviously with the Weight Watcher groups too it's there's something isn't there about knowing that you're going to be accountable so so that that is the key for me it's all about accountability knowing that I've got to get on those scales it's going to be out so that information is going to be out to my consultant maybe not to the rest of the group but it's, it's about accountability um, mm. And I think that that's that's a drive for me as well. And it, it can sometimes lead to bad habits where, for example, if it's way day, I'll be thinking, right, OK, I'll have a, I'll have a fruit breakfast and maybe I'll take a soup, soup out for lunch when I'm out at work because it's way day. And maybe I'll, I'll ask my husband to make me some Simmon World chips when I get back so that, you know, I'm, I'm ni- nice and light and I'll get weighed in my leg. all these Mm -hmm. really really silly silly things and I think I think sometimes you know it's it's great that you've been open about your mental health I think sometimes if we hear the conversations that we have with ourselves and the the information that we we give ourselves it's just and challenge that never mind you know the weight on the scales but Mm. just listen to the negative the negative voice that we give ourselves in these crazy conversations because at the end of the day in the winter who wants to be going to a swimming class 
in the leggings having worked all day with an empty belly it's just mm-hmm. really crazy and 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 one thing that I always try to do is I, I go to the class around 7 30 and I will eat I'll make sure that I've had something to eat around four or five o'clock because just getting that into that negative mindset about I, I need to be you know I need to be weighing a certain weight or focusing on that mm. number only and it's, it's a big picture isn't it weight loss it's a, it's a big picture about challenging what we've told ourselves all these years the challenging these stories of mm. I'm sure you've done this before I, I know you said you do online but listening to to people in that negative frame of mind and I just think I think I'd like to see a class that focuses on that in particular so rather than it be right okay how much have you lost this week mm-hmm. it's about recognizing those people that are coming going up and down up and down up and down and maybe doing something different where the weight is only something that was looked at once a month mm-hmm. take take that away how do you feel when you've been away from group for for a while and you've had that pressure taken away do, do you think it's something that you need to have or is it something that you feel that you can sometimes feel like you're crumbling underneath because of the pressure gosh I mean I think that's really interesting and I think that there's a lot to unpick there and as I was listening to what you were saying I was kind of thinking and making connections in my brain and I genuinely think that 90 percent of weight loss is in your head Mm. because until how can I put it so I got to target and I stayed at target for quite a long time and at the moment I'm about a stone and a half above my target Mm. right um so I'm working on getting back to my target however it's really hard if you look in the mirror and you think, oh, actually, you know, I'll, I look okay. I look okay. I'm quite happy. You know, my size 12 jeans still fit and, you know, I'm, I'm quite, I'm all right. Yeah. You don't feel like that every day. No. Um, but I think we do, we do become obsessed with numbers. And so like, like I've explained about my journey and, by the way, this is this is the first time I've ever kind of spoken openly about my weight loss surgery journey and things like that. I, I don't really speak about it to anybody. They changed my body. They changed the physiology of my body and how my body processes food. But I wasn't fixed because my brain can still work around that. My brain... All these years down the line can still say, I want a tub of ice cream or a bottle of wine or whatever it happens to be. The physical aspect of it can be fixed Mm. in inverted commas, but you have to keep working on your brain. You have to keep working on your mindset and you have to keep investing in your own mental health, I think. Mm, and it's very, it's very similar to um, well, it's, it goes back to what we were saying about running. The hardest bit of any run is actually getting your ass off the sofa, your shoes on, and out the front door. That's the hard bit. You haven't done any running then. 
that's the hard bit. Once you've started, that's okay. You know, once I've started, I know that I can run for 26 miles if I want to. But what keeps me running for 26 miles is not my legs. Well, it is my legs a bit, obviously. But 90% of it is your brain telling you that you can keep going. And like with weight loss and food, I think there's a lot of truth in what you say about how, how useful are systems or programs that focus on you getting weighed every week and focus on what that number is Mm. because that number is a physical measurement and you can sit and write a food diary and write the most perfect meals (laughs) for breakfast lunch and dinner every single day for a week Mm. and you can get on those scales and you can think I've lost four pounds this week that's amazing you feel on top of the world and then you go home and you have a Mars bar And you do it because your brain has said to you, oh, well done, mate, you deserve that. Mm. And then two minutes later, your brain's saying to you, what have you done that for, you silly cow? Yeah. So, And using using chocolate and sweets for that that comfort because that's what we learn isn't it as children you know you go yeah. to a birthday party and get a, you get a bag of sweets and you get a toy you Christmas it's all and I'm exactly the same with, with my children that you know it's like a reward isn't it so mm-hmm. if you if you've seen the the scales decrease and that number going down what do you do to reward yourself it's it's a habit isn't it it's like that gerbil yeah. on that wheel that we, it's learned behavior learned behavior and yeah it's difficult isn't it like you've gone for this this operation this procedure and I know that you've you mentioned that you have to have a like a psychological assessment as well mm-hmm. um but the, this is more important than the eating because if we can get that bit right then mm-hmm. the eating will follow that the pattern yeah. will follow and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast I wanted to understand at what point did that light bulb moment come into play at what point what happened to change that person's thinking to have the success with a weight loss Mm. because no doubt that if I mean the gentleman I've just interviewed recently that that I published Davey he lost 16 and a half stone he's amazing no doubt he would have known at four stone overweight eight stone overweight you know you would have known that what happens and I think looking at a lot of people that I've met and people that I've interviewed and stories that I've read there's that definitive moment where you have this reality check or like a, a, a big shock and it's kind of like what can we do not to add that massive shock but that will get us you know get us back on on track now for me I, I have squeaky knees so when I'm at the higher end of my weight, I will have squeaky knees and I've, I've mm-hmm. got first degree problems with my knees anyway. I don't have them anymore. You know, I don't need the pressure of ex- extra weight. And that for me is my, right, okay, Claire, that's, you know, you, you, your knees aren't great. Let's just take the pressure off the knees. Let's, you know, let's do a journal for a week and let, let's let's get back on track. And I found hypnotherapy helps me a lot just to calm. Oh, Wow just to calm my thoughts and to address uh, mental health chaos so if I've had like a really 
there's a day at work or something's happening with my dad or with my son or any, anything else, all these problems that people can have in, in day-to-day life, then I find that hypnotherapy can work really well, especially when you're, when you're in that moment when you go to bed and it's like, right, okay, it's this time of an evening, I need to sleep, but my brain's on, it's like raving or something <laughs> with strobe mm-hmm. lights. It's not really wanting to, want to switch off. I find that hypnotherapy it is a great tool and then and maybe in you know in 10 years time we can have this conversation again and maybe we'll find that things have changed and I know that magazines that I read and and swimming groups that I attend that they are pushing the the mental health but I don't I don't see it as much as mm. the, the 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 measurement with the weight I, I, I don't mm. see it as much and I don't see the honesty I don't I don't see don't see the honesty and that's what you know I've had great feedback about the podcast just the fact that the real conversations and this is a, a real you know the real slimming stories rather than this person had a you know had a bit of a troubled time or maybe there was an incident that triggered their weight loss and then all of a sudden they've lost all this weight and everything's fantastic and they get a, a nice frock and then they have all these beautiful photographs taken and I'm thinking I just want a real story give me a real mm-hmm. story give me something that I can relate to because yes I can relate to the moments that weren't as good and yes I can relate to being on plan but I can't relate to this person is now you know trailing unicorn poo behind me. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't quite buy that so please you know just give me a real story and I'm really pleased that you've been able to share your your honest journey. I really have been inspired by that. And it's something that we need to look at, isn't it? It's something that we need to address the, the mental health side of weight loss and not just to focus on the scales. It, it really mm. is. It really, really is. And I, I love journaling. I don't know if you've, if you've tried that. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's actually, it's funny that you mention it because, um, you know, I, like you, I think, you know, we, we talk about weight loss journey and I think it's probably only in the last, maybe even in the last two weeks, Claire, honestly, that I have got to a point where I've realised that it is possible to just be on a journey forever. And I think if you, if you stop focusing on the final destination, I think it becomes easier. I feel like something has changed in my mindset the last couple of weeks because I think we focus on the destination being our target weight, whatever that is, and there's no kind of what happens after that. And that's why so many people, you know, so many of the massively inspiring people that you've spoken to have got to target and then put a bit of weight on and then want and then are on that journey again to lose that that bit again and like I said you know I I would like to get rid of about a stone and a half but actually I want to get rid of it because I feel like I'll run better Mm. I don't feel like I'm gonna be feel more fulfilled as a person I feel like I'm going that is a good thing for me to do for my health and all of those things. So I still continue to follow the Slim and Well plan because I I like the fact that it gives me structure and recipes and what have you. But I'm trying 
to just see this as this is this is just my life like I just want to live a healthy lifestyle mm. and I used to use Instagram quite a lot and then I didn't use it for ages and I've started using it again recently and I used to do kind of loads of like slim and world hashtags and stuff like that and I've stopped doing that and now I'm just focusing on healthy living and wellness because just because you lose weight it doesn't mean that you're fixed you know and I can tell you that as somebody that has been fixed and then been fixed again and then been fixed again you know and it and it doesn't end because I think if you if you are a person who does struggle with their weight that's probably going to be how it is forever and you have to find a way of living with that in harmony with your with your mind and finding a way that finding a way of living your life that is good for your body and soothes your mind Mm. and and that's finding that is really hard but one of the things that I did do just over two years ago and to go back to your point about journaling I decided to give up alcohol two years ago because as I mentioned before I felt like my relationship with alcohol was becoming destructive I think I was using alcohol as a kind of relaxation aid and as a crutch and all kinds of other things and I felt like I got to a point where I was like okay the problem with alcohol is that some people can just have a glass of wine here or there and that's fine and some people can't and when I said that I was going to give up drinking lots of my friends were kind of horrified and said well can't you just you know can't you just cut down or can't you just drink at weekends and I was like well the problem for me with moderation is that it didn't work the first 2,000 times that I tried it Mm. and I started journaling at that point where I would reflect on my thoughts about having not had alcohol that day because I'd got to the point where I was drinking alcohol most days and I was drinking more alcohol than was healthy and relying on it Hmm. and finding excuses to have it and so I decided that I was going to do dry January but I didn't tell anybody that I was going to do it but what I did so I did it as a very private thing yeah and that's that's when I started using the journal to reflect every day on how I felt having got through the day and felt in control of things and it helped me massively Brilliant. absolutely massively and so I've just started doing it again but on the kind of healthy living side of things so like trying to reflect at the end of the day on like three wins for the day so yeah you know and particularly in these times when we're very isolated and our usual routines are so disrupted and I would imagine that a lot of people's mental health even if they don't usually have mental health difficulties people's mental health is going to be under a lot of strain right now Mm. I think that thing that you said of like not sleeping and you go to bed and you it feels like your brain's having a rave because you can't calm down you can't switch the day off just kind of reflecting on three things that have happened that day that have been wins so like went out for a walk used my exercise time to go for a walk or to go for a run 
or cooked a really nice dinner from scratch or tried a new recipe that I'd never done before or felt like having a chocolate biscuit in the middle of the afternoon and had fruit instead. Because I think what I'm trying to do now is identify how I feel when I'm eating with my head and not my belly. Yes, that's so important, isn't it? So, so important. I use a, a gratitude journal and... I don't like writing I don't feel I don't like writing when I feel like I'm pressured to write with the gratitude journal it's a really small journal which allows you to literally write three things a line of each and it could just be a word and I mm-hmm. thought to myself I can do this I'll keep this at the side of my bed now I've not done it every day since January but challenging that negative that negative mindset that is kind of programmed in your brain that is just whirling in the background that's whirling 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 if you could just challenge that with three things that are positive and it could be that you know I've I've secured a a great guest interview that I've wanted to do or it could be that I've gone for a walk or it could be that I've I've meditated but there's yeah there's certainly a, a great piece to do around mental health that isn't just it needs to be led by people that have experienced these situations. It needs to be led with these slimming organisations, slimming groups. It needs to be led by people that have, have walked in those shoes, doesn't it? Mm. That that can provide an element of, of realness to the conversation because... There's one thing to work in marketing and there's one thing to produce a, a glossy magazine that, you know, depicts stories. And But there needs to be that that realness, that that thing that people can read and and just um, be absorbed in. It's OK to feel a bit rubbish. It's OK to have, you know, these intrusive thoughts. It's, it's really OK because other people mm. are going through that. And I do think that Instagram is kind of turning around a little bit that it used to be, you know, let's let's photograph everything that's fantastic. And I, I've done exactly the same thing. I've, mm. you know, I've taken the photo at an angle so you can't see my chin. My chin. Um, I've done those things. Uh, I've only taken photographs when I look fantastic. And about a month or so ago, before the extreme lockdown, went, went for a weekend away with, with my husband. And it's not very often <laughs> that we get time on our own without the children. But I, I posted some photographs on Instagram. I've got like a woolly hat on and I've got my hair. I think I'd had it straight, but then it got a bit windswept. And I thought I would never have done that, probably not two years ago. It just would not have happened. I've got natural curly hair and I, I either straighten it or I, I, have it, I have it curly. But it's very rare that you'll see a picture of me on Facebook or Instagram with curly hair. But I have started to post that now. because I thought, what, you know, what is wrong with you, Claire? What is wrong with you? You know, you're on a podcast asking people to be honest um, and being filter free. And if I can't do it myself, then I'm a bit of a fraud. But there is that that pressure, isn't it? Sometimes just to mm. have this, you know, this lie depicted as it's it's so it's so filtered, and I just I kind of feel for the the generation that's that's younger that you know mm. they've, they've got these images to to live up to. And when I hear my younger cousin talking about having infills in her lip, she is 
stunningly beautiful. She could be a model. And she's she's stunningly beautiful. And I'm just thinking, what will happen when they get to to 60 or 70? I just I just it does worry me, but yeah, it, it does. And we need to get to that point where we can just accept ourselves and you know, warts and all. And I know that men feel it too. I know that it's not just a female thing, but I think there is a, a lot more pressure on women. Um, and I love it that I can now go on Instagram and there's, there's a lady that I've interviewed that I've not published yet and she'll post photographs of her working out and she'll post photographs of her um, in a bathing suit with, a, you know, talking about a cellulite. And I, and I love that. I really, really love that because... We develop, don't we? We develop from teenagers to, you know, in our twenties to our to our forties, and we should be in a place where we can just give ourselves a bit of a hug and say, you know what, it's fine. And let's face it, there's worse things that are happening right now than to be worried about that extra stone. And and it was quite interesting when you when you spoke about how you're a size twelve and you perhaps should be like a stone and a half light. And it's great that you've identified that you'd like to do that for your running. But there's nothing wrong with size 12. I would love to be a size 12 right now. But this is the thing, though, Claire. Like, I know, I know that even when I lose that stone and a half, I'll still be a size 12. I'll still be a size 12, and that's perfectly fine because I'm perfectly happy with that. Absolutely. You know, and it's it's kind of coming to that place where you think, what is it in my in my mind that's going to make me happy? And I love what you just said about the photo when you were away with your husband that you posted, and it was a natural photo, and you, your hair was a bit windswept, and you had a bobble hat on, but you posted the photo because in that moment that that photo was taken, you felt happy, and feeling happy in that moment transcends everything. It transcends, you know, whether you might have a pimple on your chin or grey hair showing or a bit of extra weight or what have you the photo captured you at a moment of happiness and Mm. you wanted to share that I think that's that's really important because like you were saying about your cousin she's stunningly beautiful she's she wants to get her lips done and for us we we think wow like why why would you want to do that Mm. but it's what we've been talking about you know you can be as slim as you like as beautiful as you like you know whatever as rich as you like it doesn't mean that you're fixed in your head it doesn't mean that you're happy in your head no and finding a way to live your life every day where every day you can go to bed and like you say write in your gratitude journal three things that day that you feel grateful for I've done gratitude journaling as well and you know think it makes you realize how much you value things like a hot shower in the morning and warmth around you and loved ones if you really focus on the things that you feel grateful for it's massively transformative and I think we're very focused on the next thing and the next thing you know Mm. the the next target the next stone down the next certificate the next botox lip filler 
size eight jeans, whatever it is, we're focused on the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And we don't think about what's happening now. How do I feel today? How do I feel right now in myself? Am I happy? Have I done my best today to do something good for the world, to be a good friend, be a good mum, be whatever it is in your life? Can I go to bed tonight and think, I've done my best today and I'm going to bed happy. And there, there ain't no amount of size eight jeans that's going to make you go to sleep at night feeling truly happy in yourself. Definitely. And if I could just frame what you've just said um, and sell that, I think I'd be a rich lady because it's <laughs> absolutely spot on, isn't it? No, you know, there's no pair of size eight jeans that's going to... Um, replace that that sense of peace and happiness of, of an evening when you can you know rest your head on your pillow knowing that you, you've got that con- contentment and you're happy inside and if you're in a position listening to this where you're looking to to lose weight I know that this interview will have been insightful and and just to know that this starts with it starts with loving yourself and self-acceptance it doesn't start with a weight watchers class or a slimming class or being on keto it doesn't start with that it all starts with the story that you give yourself the story that you tell yourself and accepting that you can be in a better place both mentally and physically if if you want it Thank you so much, Hayley. It's been an insightful chat. I've absolutely loved talking to you. I could talk to you for another four hours quite easily. I feel quite emotional because I think we've, you know, speaking with each other, I think we've explored a lot of things. And I hope that people listening, especially now when we've got perhaps a bit more time to reflect on ourselves and our lives, Mm. I, I hope that you know some of this might might help people who are finding their own way in their own journey and and uh, and help them to to find a way that works works for them thank you for joining me today Hayley really truly enjoyed today speaking with you so thanks again and you take care and stay safe <laughs> stay safe and you too you okay. too thank you Claire I've loved it such an absolutely inspirational slimming journey. I really am lost for words when it comes to describing Hayley and how pleased I am that she shared this moment with us just to go through the finer details of her slimming journey, the gastric band, the mental health, everything. I've just thoroughly enjoyed this. And I know that for anybody that does suffer with anxiety or depression, that this will just be so refreshing to hear a great honest story. Another week is ahead and I need to plan the hell out of this week coming. I don't know where you are with your swimming journey but that's what I need to do. If this episode has struck a chord, if you've really enjoyed listening to this and maybe you've listened to a couple of the episodes, what I would ask is if you could hit subscribe. I have no shame. I really need people to subscribe and it helps me massively on the podcast charts just to get recognised and the more I get recognised the more people will be able to listen to the podcast because that's how it works the more people that listen then it pushes the 
podcast higher up the charts. So that is my ask. If you have enjoyed listening to this, and this would mean the world. So until next time, let's keep positive. It's still a bit crazy out there, but we can do this. We've got six months, six months left of this year. What can we do starting from this week just to make small changes to make sure that we get our fitness on plan and our health on plan? It might not involve getting on the scales. It might not involve every day on plan. But what can we do to make things just turn around in our favour? So until next time, you take care. Thanks for joining me.